Little Follies, My Mother Takes a Tumble, Chapter 2 concludes. My dear Mary, I hardly know what to say to you. Your last letter shocked me and disappointed me and made me wonder and also worry. I wonder if being alone and always wrapped up in just your own thoughts and unfortunate circumstances hasn't made you see things in a way that is a little bit out of whack. First, you are completely, utterly, terribly wrong about Eliza. She is a good and modest woman, and if she wants the affection of an honest and decent man, what of it? Would you begrudge her a little happiness just because you are miserable? Isn't that rather selfish of you, if you really sit down and think about it? What do you want her to do? Just keep banging away at the keys in the insurance office and reading the newspaper and drinking alone in her room? Is that fair, while some people are out dancing and eating in restaurants? I will tell you the truth. I feel that I must. I don't care whether it was by accident or by some plan that we were thrown together on that bus. I'm glad it happened, and I'm glad no matter why it happened. And I'll tell you something more. If I saw her at the bus stop tomorrow, and she had her hair down instead of up in the modest way she wears it, and she struck up a conversation with me on the bus and just happened to brush against me a few times, and then in the office took off her coat and accidentally a button or two of her blouse had come undone, or perhaps she, should, she had forgotten to button them in her hurry to get to work on time, so what? So what? I wouldn't mind it a bit, not a bit, and there is no telling what I would do. I might say, Eliza, I mean Miss Foote, would you come home with me this evening to have dinner and meet my parents? I just might, because a good man has yearnings too, don't you realize that? And not just yearnings, even desires that are perfectly normal when you get right down to it. And sometimes those yearnings and desires can be a good thing if they loosen his tongue that is tied in a knot by shyness. Maybe a woman has to do something. Maybe that is all I am waiting for, something, some sign that might just be another accident or might be on purpose. Who knows? Mary, dear Mary, I owe this all to you. For if I do not do something, then won't I end up like you, sitting in my room and peering out the curtain at boys with their reckless ways and smooth cheeks and nice smiles and writing to strangers through the mail? I am sending the $20 that you asked for, but I do not want you to send me those pictures that the poor widow drew. Buy the pictures from that widow and destroy them by ripping them up into tiny pieces or burning them in a wastebasket, if, if it is made of metal and will not start a dangerous fire. That is my advice to you. You should not offer to send such pictures to a man who corresponds to you, for what do you really know about him? Maybe he is just saying things to you that are not true and is just giving you a good line in his letters and he would not look at those pictures like something in a museum. How do you know?
perhaps we should not go on in this way, writing to each other. Maybe you should stop hiding yourself away in a, in a little room at night and drinking bourbon by yourself that leaves a sour taste and makes your headache. Why don't you do something? You have that nice underwear. Why don't you put it on and maybe one of those old things that got a little mussed up by somebody in that unfortunate past that you sometimes mention. But who knows? Maybe it is all in the way you look at it. Why don't you go outside and walk in the sun? Why don't you get a job? Your friend, Jack. Oh, Jack, my Jack. Don't be a blind, you dear sweet fool. Can't you see that this Eliza, if that's her real name, has only one thing in mind, and that is to get you in her clutches and then never let go. No, no, no. That is to dally. That is to toy with you for a little while and then drop you like a hot potato. Please, please promise me that you promise me for the sake of all that we mean to each other that you will stay away from her until you receive my next letter. Just give me time to pull my thoughts together so that I can help you come to your senses. No, no, just, just give me a day or two for the sake of all that we mean to each other. Will you promise me that? For my own snow, can't you just keep your hands off her? until I have a chance to write you a... Can't you just do without her, ignore her, until I have a chance to write you a long, a long and wonderful letter about this? I know that you must have a lot of love bottled up, pent up, uh, festering, a lot of love seething inside you that you want to let out in the arms of some woman, but couldn't you just, oh, no, but will any woman do just any woman? Couldn't you just hold out a little longer and maybe find some relief in self-abuse, in, in, in swimming, uh, in daydreaming? Pretend that I'm there. Wrap your arms around your pillow. Whisper passionate, whisper sweet passionate things in my ear. Run your tongue, uh, no, uh, hold out, my darling. You can, you must. I'm working on the best letter ever. Oh, no, no. Dear, dear Jack, what good and wise advice you have given me. You have opened my eyes. You have lifted me out of the darkness and shown me how to live. I will live how to live in the sunshine, how to live in the sunshine. I will do it. I will. Oh, but how can I? How can I get a job? With, how can I walk among decent people without a decent, modest dress? And now that I've spent the $20 you sent me buying, the pic, buying those shameful pictures, which made me blush when I which made me blush with shame and embarrassment when I saw them, 
and thought that I was going to send them to you, to so good and kind a person as you, even though I was as innocent as Eve before she fell, when before she fell and caused all that trouble, when I thought of sending them to you, and didn't think about, didn't think how my innocence, didn't think how my innocence, which is really just like the innocence of a young girl who's never been penetrated, who's never yet been penetrated, been penetrated yet, but no, no, no. Uh, I don't have any money to spend on a dress, not even one that isn't anything elaborate, but is just good enough to get a job. Could you send me another? So look, Jack, could you send another, could you get me started in my new life with another $25? And then I'll be able to get a job and you will have saved me because there's no telling what I might do to myself if I can't get a job and follow your, your good and wise advice. Ah, no, no. My dearest Jack, my lusty Jack, my strong Jack, Jack, honey, mmm, Jack, are you, are you sure you wouldn't like to have a peek at those pictures? I bet that if you just took a look at one or two of them, your eyes, you'd pop, your eyes would pop, and you'd say to yourself, this is, you'd say, wow, what a knockout. This is something I can't pass up. I'm going to get the whole set. If you could just send me a few, send me about 10, send me about $5, I'd be happy to pay, to pay the widow and send you a couple of them. And then you could be the judge. You could look at them in private and be the judge. Let me just describe one of them for you. There I am. I am stretched out. I am lying languidly on the sofa, just as naked as the day I... The sun through the window caressing my honey-colored body. One of my long, shapely legs is stretched, lies stretched the length of the sofa, and the other is bent, bent attractively at the knee. I'm looking right at you, Jack, and my eyelids are, my eyelids with long lashes are drooping. I'm running my tongue, my wet pink tongue, over my wet pink, over my lips, as if I were about to kiss you wetly, uh, deeply, with abandon. My left hand, my one hand is resting on my left, my right knee. And with my left hand, right hand, I am caressing my right left, left breast. My other hand 
left hand, right hand, left hand, has strayed down to the luxurious, luxuriant, soft, light brown hair that grows, hides, uh, frames, uh, sets off, conceals. Ah, no!